0: In episode 40 of the Business of Lifting Weights podcast, we take an in-depth look at the entire process of opening a new facility. Whether you are currently a gym owner, or you're looking to open your first location, or even your fifth location, and you want to see how you could operate it better, this will help you avoid mistakes along the way. We disclose which of our non-negotiable factors had to be compromised to make this location a reality, showing that there truly is no exact process that works for all gyms in all locations. We had a wonderful discussion on why staying lean with your startup expenses is so impactful and why tangible numbers don't always mean everything. We also get into some cool ways to look at locations you're thinking about opening and analyzing if they will fit the concept or not. And lastly, we give a little bit of a sneak peek at what changes we'll be making at our new location as we pass the one year mark and need to support more growth. What's up, guys? We're back with episode 40 of The Business of Lifting Weights. Uh, We're going to go over opening a gym start to finish. Um, This is kind of in relation to episode 38 that we did about finding a location and then 39 where we kind of went over what we've been doing for the last year and a half. Which just as a quick recap, we opened our third facility in Ocean Beach, which is a part of San Diego, California. Um, And so this episode is going to be kind of going over Um, Everything around that opening, what we did in terms of planning, and strategic things that we did, marketing, all that stuff in terms of how did we get from the concept of opening in Ocean Beach to a finished product and kind of growing from there and then a little bit about what we're doing now, now that we're established, we're coming up on our one year anniversary in April and uh, we'll go over kind of what we're doing right now, where we're at and kind of the strategy moving forward, so.
1: Yeah, we had all these preconceived notions when we did episode 38 about requirements that we needed for a gym, and a lot of them have held true, but some of them we have definitely compromised on, and it's been an interesting process to see what works, where our challenges are, and, you know, after that initial success period of huge jump in membership, kind of needing to get creative now with some ways to continue to growth and continue to expose ourselves to the, expose ourselves, <laughs> continue <laughs> to expose ourselves to the community. Cause I think as we'll get into in the demographic stuff, this is not a community that was like knocking down the doors for a gym to come in. Right. I think it's important that we kind of set the stage for listeners on what OB is really like as a community, um, as far as the challenges for coming in and opening a place of like physical fitness that is Never really had it before. So some some pros and cons to that approach. Yeah, and it's funny because, um, like you said,
0: Ocean Beach wasn't really knocking down any doors for a new gym. And that was something that we debated for quite a long time. Um, We'll go over kind of what we did in the planning process to make sure that this was a viable location. But um, it definitely was one of those places that, you know, we were a little hesitant to jump in. Um, I think ultimately the space, the location... And a few uh, other intangibles made us kind of sway towards opening it. Um, But it wasn't just like locked in and let's do this, like this is a perfect place and all that.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even on our radar to take that a step further. I (laughs) mean, we were looking at North County. We were looking at Carlsbad. So I guess just to give people a quick visual of how San Diego is laid out, um, you know, it's it's a coastal county. So you have... Um, different beach communities that go all the way up the coast, basically starting at ocean beach. And then, you know, it goes into Pacific beach. Well, it skips downtown, but Pacific beach and then La Jolla and Del Mar and goes up the coast, like Encinitas, Solana beach, Carlsbad, all these, um, all these beach towns that are quote North County, um, North County is appealing because, uh, it's a lot, it's a much higher income there. And, um, There's a lot of desirable factors about opening a business, but we quickly learned all the undesirables about it. Population density is terrible. The permitting requirements up there are insane. So we kind of punted that, and then we saw this location come up in Ocean Beach, which is hilarious because one of our members uh, has now found two of our locations (laughs) for us. He's a multiple bar and restaurant owner, and he's just really tied into real estate in San Diego, and he actually owns and runs the biggest bar in Ocean Beach. And his landlord had another property come up for rent um, that's in the heart of Ocean Beach, and he kind of tipped us off and was like, hey, I, I, I know you guys are trying to grow right now. You should go check this place out. And it was one of those moments where we, you know, we've talked about before where we were all just like, yep, like this is, this has got to be the spot. And it took some looking past because the place was a shithole. A dump. Yeah. Like, wow. Um, it was a rundown printer shop. What's the square footage? About 4,000, maybe a a hair over somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've talked before about how we like to operate in a little bit of smaller places versus too, too much space. And, uh, yeah, we went and saw the place. It was amazing. Um, took a lot of looking past because it was totally run down. It looked like it was abandoned. Um, and then it had the low popcorn ceiling, which, we were looking at even under that pretense but i remember you stuck your head through like a vent or something like you Mm -hmm. looked up and saw this huge uh beam wooden beam exposed ceiling and so um we kind of saw the potential in that and decided to move forward with it yeah that
0: was uh after we had to get the ceiling tested for asbestos (laughs) 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 which we found out would have been like what was it, like forty to $60,000 to remove it, if that was the case?
1: Yeah, and we were already operating under a much larger budget on this one. Um, one of our big beliefs is to keep startup costs as lean as possible. And that's not to say be cheap about it, but it's where can you not spend money and make sure that you repurpose that into your operating costs when you open so you can stay open for as long as possible while building your membership. Right. So we don't like to spend a ton of money on the startup, and this place we did. Um, we have talked before about how we brought on Lenny to be a partner in this. Right. So he has, um, been just, he's been the centerpiece for this whole gym and we'll talk more about his, his role and all the things that he's done to run the gym, uh, throughout this episode. But, um, we needed to really increase our startup costs to get this spot. Do you remember what they were? I think it was around like for the build out or uh, yeah, total start the build
0: out up? it was so build out um was 35,000 which was like just massively more than what we've ever spent before. Um, which is crazy. Yeah. Um and then I think everything all in we were at like 79,000 or yeah. somewhere right in that in that range.
1: Yeah. So we had uh we had Lenny come on as our third partner and the breakdown for his partnership is pretty simple so a lot of our members have asked this throughout the course of the past year and I've actually been getting that question a lot more recently really? uh, even from a couple of our new coaches when it's one of those things where it's like you live in the process you don't realize that you're like actually we've never explained this to new people that this yeah. is the dynamic between Lenny and the rest of the gym yeah uh, so Lenny is a is a full partner in the third location our ocean beach spot uh, Brian and I are obviously the owners of performance 360 um, we are you know for all intents and purposes, 50-50 partners on that. And then Lenny comes in as the third partner just for Ocean Beach. So we're basically um, all about a third owners of the Ocean Beach gym. And Lenny's responsibility with that gym is to come in and basically basically run the place. So he does the majority of classes. He does uh, a lot of the account follow-up. He does uh, a lot of the planning in the gym, a lot of the email communication to members. He's basically like which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, like the Jack of all trades in that ocean beach gym right now. And then we provide support for him and obviously guidance on everything that we've learned in opening two gyms from getting it from zero members to profitability to now growing it beyond that. So uh, it's been really, um, it's been a good breakdown of having Lenny handle a lot of that stuff. And he's been incredible at building that community within the gym. And then our provide. And then our providing the support for how to grow it on top of that.
0: Yep. Um, And just to back up a little bit, um, let's kind of start from the beginning. So uh, we get alerted to this location. We go look at it, and it's like, okay, uh, it's run down. But, you know, once we do this work, it's in a great location. Possibility is definitely there to open a gym. So kind of that first step is, okay, we have a viable location here after we put some work into it. We're going to go back and do some research. We're going to figure out... What we think that the overall success of this gym could be once we, you know, get everything running, open up, get members, all that stuff, up to five, even ten years down the road. So, um, you typically start off with the demographic research. You basically go in and and look at the town, the area, like what kind of people are there. Um, so, talk a little bit about that demographic research.
1: Yeah. So, we, you know, like like we said, we, Ob wasn't even on our radar. Um, we had looked at Ob eight years ago to open our first gym. And here's where we kind of tell people about ocean beach who don't know a lot about it. Um, It is a really, really localized community. So OB is one of those really throwback communities where they do not like like chain businesses to come in. Um, You know, you're not going to find, I I think it's changing now, but eight years ago when we were looking at it, like you wouldn't find like a McDonald's or it's all super, super hyper local. Um, and the, the people are very adamant about that. So the people in OB take a lot of pride in their community. It's similar to Venice beach, um, up in LA and that it's a little bit edgier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like you get a lot of, uh, people kind of like on the fringes of society, if you will. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you, there's a huge homeless population there. Um, and it's being, it's been improved a lot over the years, but you get a lot of people who are loyal to the beach community, they're loyal to ocean beach values, and they're very protective of people who are like outsiders coming into that. Yep. Um, and there's also, oddly, there's no fitness oppor- There's no fitness opportunities for people down there. I think there's one CrossFit gym that I don't really know what's going on with them. Someone told me like they had been on and off closed. I have no idea if that's accurate. Yep. And uh, there's a couple yoga studios, but you're not going to find any globo gym there. Um, You're not going to find really any niche boutique fitness studios. And so we looked at it in two ways. The demographics of this are on paper, it's relatively strong. On the tangible side of things, it has good population density. It had over 5,000 people per square mile. Um, the age was about 35. So all these different things that are favorable, the income was decent enough. Um, it was about 70,000 when we looked at it the second time around, but you also see that there's no gyms here. So why are there no gyms? Right. And that was kind of a leap that we had to take. This is not a community that was like, we want to go to the gym. This is people that surf. This is people that right. spend a lot time of outside. Out, yeah, outdoor. yeah. They're very connected to the outdoors in San Diego. And so we were very hesitant on are people going to want to come in here and like throw barbells around. It's a very, very, very liberal town. And so it's we just weren't sure if that type of like, quote, aggressive culture would be welcomed because that we knew that that's how people were going to perceive it. So that's kind of like the abstract picture of what Ocean Beach is like. Um, and then, like I said, all the demographics they shaped up pretty favorably. The population density was a little bit lower than Pacific Beach, which is kind of our headquarters, if you will. Um, the income was substantially lower. Uh, PB's income is about a hundred thousand median household, and OB is, like I said, seventy thousand. Um, but we just really felt good about how dense the town was. Tons of foot traffic. Parking there is a pain, which we'll get into. But we just loved how kind of active the community was, and the spot. certainly helped make that decision for us it was right off the main drag huge very very visible facility that people just couldn't miss down there yep
0: um and you know one of the things that at least for me swayed the decision a little bit was yes ocean beach is everything that you talked about however it's also going through a slight transition where people are moving there from outside areas and they're starting to i don't want to say like the old locals are leaving, but it's like there is a slight migration of people that are moving there and, you know, kind of building their life there. Um, And Target Express, I believe, has been trying to get in there. I don't know if that's been approved yet or whatnot, but that was also a big indication for us that it's like, okay, some of these bigger businesses are trying to establish roots there. So there is this shift in this migration kind of moving there. And so we felt if we could get in there early enough... Um, We could keep our rent price low and allow the town to kind of grow with us, if you will. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, you know, we liked all the things that we talked about with OB are the reasons that we liked it and why we were also afraid of it. Yeah. So, you know, yes, OB is getting more and more commercialized, which, you know, we wanted to see from a perspective like people were open to businesses coming in there. But we also loved OB because of the sense of community there. And we felt that that would translate very well to the sense of community in building right. the gym. You know, people who like community aspects are going to take to that very quickly. And so we loved just what the collective people of OB were about in kind of rallying around and believing in that sense of community with whatever they're doing. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the, the challenge was also the potential strong point in opening there. Um, so yeah, all things considered, we ended up going forward with it. And the biggest issue for us that we compromised on was parking. We were very big on like a place has to have parking.
0: I think we talked about that in episode 38. Yes. Like, and that so was one that of our... was
1: the hangup. Everything about what we've talked about up to this point, we loved, we were on board with, we saw as a, as an obstacle, but not something that could potentially and totally derail it. But the parking is where the three of us were kind of all unanimously hesitant on is this going to be a deal breaker or do we feel confident enough in the density of the population and the fact that this town is extremely open to commuting right so talk a little bit about just the parking in that area and kind of how we how we saw people coming to the gym
0: um well in our kind of research phase we always this is something that we always do with our locations we go and we just kind of hang out during the day hang out in the morning, we go at night, we see just what that traffic flow is, what people are doing, who's walking around, all that stuff, what's parking like at different, you know, moments of the that, day. That can be scary in OB, who's walking around. <laughs> yeah, right. With that hom- homeless population, like there's, I think there's like five bums that live at the gym um, and on that corner. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we go and we just like, we take it all in. We see parking um during when our the bulk of our class times are so we obviously it's kind of nice being a gym is you know you're there super early in the morning um before work we have midday stuff and then after work um are the bulk of our classes so a lot of times we're kind of around the main business time schedule if you will But that poses a a big issue for nighttime classes. When people are coming home from work, everybody's trying to park. Um, When there is no parking, people are going out to dinner, all that stuff. So the biggest thing for us was at night there was no parking, like none. Zero. Like like no spots. (laughs) (laughs) How many spots? (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Um, During the morning, there was plenty of of space. People were driving to work. They left those spots open. So morning we didn't have an issue with, Um, but we have the most – of our classes between basically hours when people get off work and, and later at night. So what are yeah, we going like to do? Seven. Yeah. Four to seven. What are we going to do during that time when there's zero parking? And that was all three of our biggest hang ups, Like, do we want to open up the gym with this massive parking block?
1: And I think for me, when I looked around at the businesses is I, I didn't see a lot of turnover in OB businesses, as far as places that were on Newport and Correct. You look at Garnett and PB, which is the main street in Pacific Beach, and every single month there's five or six places that have gone out of business. It's crazy. And it, you know, OB clearly in our minds supported a type of environment where people do not need to drive to go to the businesses, right? it's a really really small beach town. If you live in like proper Ocean Beach, you can walk to anything at any given point and it's not going to take you that much time. Right. So, at the end of the day, we ultimately just felt comfortable that we can we can convince people to ride their bikes here. We can convince people to walk here. And then what we ultimately found is parking was honestly a little bit easier than we thought when it came time to actually go to classes. Like you you can fi- if you drive, you can find a spot w- within Probably a two to three, three block radius yep. if you're willing to maybe do a few laps. Right. So that's not a model that is going to create a sustainable business, but it was one that we felt comfortable. All the combinations, is this going to be accessible enough for people to collectively come in and try the gym and then not be pissed every time they come in because they had to circle the block for 15 minutes to try to find a spot. Right.
0: And, you know, one of the things that we made sure to do is set the expectations of it. So um, in kind of our communication, we set the expectations that we want people to walk. We want people to bike. We built a bike rack inside the gym for people. Um, We do a monthly commuter raffle where every time you bike, walk, run, we have like some funny things, hop, skip, jump to the gym. What's that? Cartwheel. Cartwheel to the gym. Um, You just write your name on a little piece of paper drop it in the box every month uh we pull a winner to win a local gift card to a business um so we we actively push that in every chance that we can so people understand um, i'm not going and expecting a parking spot right out front and to hop out two minutes before class and i'll be good Um, so if they are people that do need to drive they understand I need to get there a little bit early. I need to do a few laps. I need to look a couple blocks away, um, and so far it's it's been fine. Um, it, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but with all of the other positives that we established um, in all of our other research, this was the one that we were like, okay, we'll we'll give on that. And honestly, it was a test for us to see major um, test to see if that is viable. Um, I know last episode we talked a lot about um, this gym as a whole being a big step for the brand the business and like can this be replicated in another town with some different factors and this was one of the big factors that we were testing if you will
1: yeah and i think for us it just highlighted the point of it, it totally depends like would you want a spot that doesn't have parking if it's a destination gym no absolutely not but in a spot that is you know i, I don't want to call ocean beach a city because it's absolutely not right but it's that type of city population density where residences are crammed one after the other right next to each other right. the, the properties in ob are very small you don't have a lot of land with your home or your duplex or wherever you live so they, they they have a lot of people living in a small amount of space right so that is kind of the flip side of like yes we need parking but if we don't are there enough people that are this close that are going to come in and and try the gym yeah and i mean what did we just calculate we have one percent Of the population right now? Um,
0: Right now, yeah, Yeah. we have one percent of the population. Our goal is, you know, if we can get two percent of the population,
1: that's great. And and that's what I think is a very big takeaway for people listening. Is it's very easy to look at a spot and be like, I need to be in a place that has like two hundred thousand people, or you know, this vast amount of pool to choose from. But when you really break down what your membership needs to be successful. We looked at this. We said, there's this many people. We need this amount of people to be successful. If we line up 100 people in OB and two of them decide that they want to become members, we will be massively successful. And we loved those odds. Like two people out of 100, we feel very confident are going to try and enjoy the gym community and be about what we're trying to build. So we're kind of just keeping our eye on that prize, on that growth of slowly going from 0%. Now we're at 1%. Now we got to get up to 2%. Right. Um, and kind of, you know,
0: once, once we get past that initial scenario of like, okay, we've done all this research. Um, this place is a potentially suc successful location. Um, we move on to actually drawing up mock scenarios. Um, which this is like, I don't know why this is like some weird spreadsheet nerd thing that I love, but like, this is one of my favorite things.
1: To I do. know. And you like, you've kind of turned me <laughs> into that too. Like I find myself now, um, future episode spoiler, as we're trying to grow into more uh, different avenues. Like I find myself going into our spreadsheet a lot and just messing with it. And then I'll be like, wait, I don't need to do this. Like there's (laughs) nothing we're even looking at right now. Uh, But yeah, you've done a really good job of basically – creating one pagers that we can plug and play different numbers and show us where we need to be. So why don't you talk about the process for how you create that, the, the numbers that you're looking for and what needs to add up when we kind of take, okay, we've looked at the demographics, we've taken the intangibles, all of our opinions. Now we're plugging this into an actual spreadsheet that is going to tell us, is this going to work?
0: Yeah. So um, I basically set it up on a five year frame to start. Um, so what that looks like is year one, january february march april may um and then we i plug in all of our expenses so you know by now i know exactly what those expenses are um down to the you know nearest dollar what
1: are those expenses that you plug in because i know that you know we absorb some of them as a company that are not going to be applied to a third location so what are the expenses that we have to factor in that actually go into a third expense third gems overhead
0: um so obviously number 1 is rent. That's obviously <laughs> the biggest thing. Damn it. Um so the you know there's two numbers that we really play with, um rent and membership numbers and then a little bit with price. So like we we know what our price is, but we always look like you know hypothetically if we move into an area where we have to reduce the price or maybe we can increase the price. Um that one's a little bit adjustable, but the rent prices and the membership numbers are where we play the most with. Um, But in terms of expenses, you've obviously got your rent, you've got your, you know, electricity, water, all that stuff. You've got another big one that we calculate is your staffing expense. So beautiful thing about bringing on Lenny as a partner is in the beginning, we reduce that staff expense um, because he's running most of the classes. Um, As we grow and we bring in more revenue, then he can come off the schedule and we can start staffing other coaches and, and have that payroll expense. Um, But then you've also got all this other crazy stuff. You know, we use MindBody. It's $400 a month. Um, You've got payment processing. So every dollar that comes in, you basically pay 2.9% to 3% out. Um, You've got, uh, you know, email marketing software. You've got survey software. You've got all these little software things that, um, you know, you don't really think about. Um, And you can get away with cheaper options. But at this point in our career, um, we go with, like, stuff that works well. Um, because we don't want those hassles and we're not trying to, to pinch pennies and stuff like that. Um, you've got cups, you've got water, you've got bathroom supplies, you've got like all these little and actually I'll, I'll share one of our spreadsheets. Um, obviously without our numbers, but um, just like a general spreadsheet so people can see like what are all these expenses that you have to take into consideration Um, And like you mentioned, the best thing about opening up a third location on top of our other locations is a lot of those expenses get absorbed into um, the P360 brand. For example, we already have our email marketing, we already have our, you know, um, scheduling software, like all that stuff. And so we don't have to pay extra for just adding on
1: top of it, which is... Like, that makes a huge difference in the bottom number. We also don't have to add uh, sweat equity into it as far as communication, like staff communication. It's not an extra step for OB. It's just collectively we we decided to put all the staff under one umbrella, not have OB be its own separate thing. So while OB has a a third owner in Lenny, uh, it's all still under the same brand as far as in-house communication as far as members, they can access all the gems, so it's seen visibly as just one collective gem.
0: Yeah, um, and we, we can actually do a, a full episode on like that whole setup, because it's a little abnormal the way that we did it, um, and there's actually been some pretty big benefits to it. Um, one of the negatives is uh, I have a lot of extra time spent at the end of the month trying to calculate <laughs> where the money is coming from and make sure that that's all out allocated correctly but um, there are a ton of benefits in doing that way too so we can spend some time on another episode Um, but so basically we plug all of these numbers into the spreadsheet we look at the demographics and what we already computed and we just start plugging numbers in what do we think our growth is going to be like do we think that we're going to be able to grow 10 members a month do we think we're going to be able to grow 15 a month do we think we're going to be able only be able to grow five a month and we start playing around with these different scenarios and at the end of five years, we look at a lot of other things first. We look at break-even point. We look at um, you know profitability in terms of uh, where that money gets spread between the three of us after you know a few years, just to see is is this worth it? Number one, if five years down the road, you know we're making a little bit of money, but we've been spending all this time and effort building this place, like probably not worth it and then that's unfortunately a no for the location which we've actually done I think at two other locations now where we've gotten to the spreadsheet phase plugged in all these numbers and we're just like nah not worth it
1: yeah I agree and you know for us to to kind of go back to what you're talking about um with the rent is we you know we mentioned it in the last episode as far as the updates of where we need to be with our rent and for us, that number is kind of right at like 9,000. That's where we don't want to go over. Um, we haven't really had to spend that just yet, but when we talked about we need our financial decisions to be will rather than could, uh, we know that if we creep up over that $9,000 mark, then we are in trouble. So we want to keep that rent as low as possible. And you know, a lot of it has to do with San Diego market, um, with where we where we find spaces. Uh, but we just we need to keep that rent down.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that I, I know a lot of people that have opened up gyms and failed um, have done a miscalculation on this part of the whole equation where they get a space that is too much money. It's too big. Uh, they spend too much money on it. And they think that by opening up this massive, beautiful location that people will just come. And that is just not not the case. You have to be very, very diligent about having that number that you're like, this will work. Like you said, this not, you know, maybe this could work. But if we hit these numbers that we feel very strongly that we can hit, this will work.
1: Right. And so, you know, when we talk about those projections, we projected that the break-even point would be 100 members um you talked about growth we like to be really conservative with growth so we project 10 members sometimes a little bit lower to make sure that like hey in a worst case scenario where are we going to be is our cash going to be gone are we going to be able to sustain a year or two of like you know terrible performance that we didn't expect so we projected that to be at 100 members and then one of the major kickers in negotiating a lease and finding a new spot is the free rent clause. Yep. So that's one of the things that's huge for us too. And that's our single kind of non-negotiable point is we can be a little more flexible on the rent If we get those three months up front where we don't have to pay rent. And we've been able to negotiate that in all of our leases. And it's helped us because we're a little bit more established in the community. And that was one of the reasons why Ocean Beach, this property, accepted us. And they accepted the free rent because they liked that we were kind of a proven entity. So when you factor in, you know, our rent in OB is close to $8,000. And when you factored in that we didn't have to make a rent payment for three months. Yep. All of a sudden, our break-even point happened right away. You know, we got to 75 members, and by the time that we own, by the time that we owed rent, we had enough money to pay it from a profitability per- profitability perspective. So, you know, we were straight up profitable at around 75 members because we didn't have that rent payment. Right, and then it allowed us to continue to grow, continue to grow, and we've never operated in the red there. Um, so it's been a huge part of the reason why we've been successful is, you know, we project with these spreadsheets in a worst case scenario to make sure that we can stay in business, but things quickly turn when we open. Um, and then obviously we adjust the spreadsheet to update it most currently. So, yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, our, our goal was to stay under, I think our goal was to stay under 80,000 for our startup. Mm -hmm. Am I right on that? Yeah. Um, And we came like right under that. I think it was 79 or something like that. Um, But we we, kind of talked about this a little bit, but we basically had $35,000 of build out and then we had equipment costs. So we, you know, there's two ways to go about the equipment costs. Number one is basically buy everything up front that you would need for it. 200 300 members whatever that your kind of goal is um or the other thing is uh, the other possibility is to start small only buy equipment for you know 10 15 people person classes and as you grow your membership and those classes become bigger and you expand the schedule and all that stuff then you um start adding more equipment so we opted to get enough equipment to cover us until i think 300 members which looking back on it i'm super happy with because that equipment expense is just kind of it's it's is what it is. And we don't have to upgrade equipment all the time. We don't have to buy new stuff. It's not a major expense. So our spreadsheet is like pretty locked and loaded in terms of like what we can expect every single month.
1: Yeah. And that was part of Lenny's obligation as a third partner without getting into too much detail is, um, you know, that was going to be his cost. And we, we talked to him and I specifically remember give, giving him that decision of, do you want this to be a cost up front now and get it all, get it out of the way? Or do we want this to kind of come back in two years where we have to upgrade? And he was like, we're already doing this now. It's already been budgeted. Let's let's get all this equipment. And let's grow into it. Um, and I agree. It was I think the right decision. So yeah. It's going to be a while before we have ex- uh, equipment costs over there.
0: Yeah, and then um, you know one of the other major categories on the spreadsheet and in real life, once we open that gym, is the schedule and planning. You know, a new gym in a new town. Um, another mistake people often make is they want to make their availability uh, massive. So. Um, they want to open up this new gym. They have a you know 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., a 7 a.m., a noon, a, you know 3, 4, 5, 6 uh, p.m. classes, so that they have this full schedule, so that people will have the options, and that will mean more members, right? Um, we operate on the other side of it and say we're going to be as lean and efficient as possible. Those people that can make the classes will come and join. Uh, those people that can't make those classes, well. Um, you know, we're not going after you right now and maybe down the road, once we do expand the schedule, they'll come on board, but, um, we don't need to operate in a way that's wasting money, um, especially when you're starting. So talk a little bit about the schedule, the planning, all that stuff, um, you know, with coaching and staffing and all that.
1: Yeah. So we wanted to keep it very lean to start, um, for a couple of reasons. One is obviously cost. Yes. Part of Lenny's role was to coach the classes, but His time is also going to be sweat equity. And so it's, you know, it's going to make him tired if he has to coach classes all day long and then run the gym and be the focal point of the community. So we wanted to keep that in check. Uh, But we also wanted to make sure that our classes had a good vibe to them. And when you offer too many classes, all of a sudden you have like three or four people in many different classes, and there's not that. like, awesome upbeat dynamic with it. Right. As we mentioned, this was a bigger gym. So, we were concerned about this big gym with few people in it. Right. So, we wanted to create those kind of run ins with people where you kind of had to talk to each other. And with more people in the class, that's kind of how that scenario unfolded. Um, so, yeah, we did, you know, a morning class and midday evening stuff, kept it very, very small, but it's resisting the temptation as people try the gym or outsiders who say, like, hey, I wish you had. This time, like, have you ever thought about implementing that time? And it's very easy to want to knee-jerk and do that right away. Right. I remember Lenny kind of went through some struggles where he wanted to react to that and immediately add to classes. Right. And it was – we were the same way when we first opened, but using our experience, be like, hey, like, let's let these people observe the gym for a while. Let's let them build up interest. Almost now it's – they want something that they can't have. So mm-hmm. it creates that scarcity so that when we do offer these class times, we make a big announcement. we get people to come in and fill them. Um, So all those reasons are why we like to keep our class pretty uh, minimal to start.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You'll hear like, you know, for every 10 people that request a time or something else, like one of them actually follows through on taking that class time or actually wanting to use whatever they requested. It's like pretty crazy. We've, we experimented with with that type of stuff a lot when we first opened, and we it's just like people don't follow through on that. So definitely resist that temptation to just take feedback in general.
1: So obviously now we have the schedule built, we have all the forecasting in place, and it becomes time to get members, which is obviously an incredibly important part. Right. So uh, we ran a little bit of a deal where you could get our contract rate on a month to month to entice people to join and that would be locked in forever. And I think we signed up 50 people out of the gates. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I think our goal was um, at least 25. So we, like we always talk about, we're conservative on that estimation, but our, um, you know, our desire was obviously to, to do more than 25. So we ended up with 50 um, on that like founder's deal
1: that we ran. Yeah, and talk a little bit about why that's so important to get that initial big chunk of revenue, that community base, and what that does to set up the first year of the business. Um,
0: Well, kind of like we talked about, we negotiated three months of free rent. So we basically, in our minds, we have three months to establish enough revenue to not be in the negative. Um, So that's part of it. How do we get enough money coming in the door so that we're not you know, making gut decisions because we're terrified of losing money and all that stuff. Terrible place to be in in the business. But number two, you need a uh, solid base of members to basically establish establish the vibe, the community, and the growth moving forward. So without that kind of large base of initial members, it's kind of up in the air about what is like the next projected step and who's going to be coming in. So by us having 50 people from that initial deal, then... You know, we have this solid group of awesome members that are now going to refer their friends and we're going to grow from that initial support system rather than like having to use advertising right away to bring in kind of like all these different types of people that might not be a good fit. Um, It might not be a good vibe and all that stuff. So it is super important to lay that foundation of a solid group of members. And that's kind of however you have to. I think, you know, some people may have to discount more. Some people may have a strong brand and and are able to get those people in through the door based on vibe and experience. But however it is, you need to have um, that base group of people that will basically forecast your brand moving forward.
1: Yeah, so we knew we were going to be close to open. So it was March when we decided to begin promoting the memberships. And we did it very grassroots. We did it on our social media. Uh, we spent a little bit of money on Facebook and Instagram advertising, but just in the form of sponsored posts. And so um, we announced our founding member special, which we said was um, our contract rate that you could have forever at a month to month rate. And we got 50 people to sign up and yep. we were blown away by that. So April hits, we have our 50 members, but then now we have the month of April to get joins and we got another 25 on top of that. Right. So after our first month of being in business, we had 75 members yep. and we were ecstatic about that because we knew what that was going to do to put us in a position to when we were actually going to owe rent in July, it's only April. If we can compound that month over month, now we're going to be in a position to where we're going to be able to pay our bills um, as soon as that first bill is due, we're going to have more than enough in the bank. So, you know, we got our revenue up to be, I think, somewhere around like twelve, fifteen thousand $15,000 in that range. And when it became time to pay rent, we were incredibly healthy with the business. There was no stress. And it just... The, the flip side of that is not making a big push to get new members, and you're incredibly stressed out about those few those first few months, and that's when you start making bad decisions for the business.
0: Yeah, I remember when we first opened our first gym, like that was pretty stressful. You know, like you you don't really know how it's going to go. You're wondering where you're going to get members from. You're worried about you know money. Luckily, we had um, we were smart when we first opened and left a pretty large operating budget um, in case things didn't go well. But it is, you know, it is, you start making terrible decisions and you start stressing and you just like, you don't run the business the way that you should when you're terrified of your next payment coming out. Um, and that, I think that can kill a business right off the bat. Um, so, long story short, um, you know, super important to, to get those members in there, um, ideally before you open or during that first month um, to set the foundation of. Working on the experience and the growth from there.
1: Yeah, so as we got open, you know, that was in April, and here we are now a year later. Um, really not a lot of exciting things to talk about over the course of that year, not to diminish it, but we've pretty much just been running our business. We've been running performance 360 and trying to create that experience. And that's where Lenny has taken over the reins and absolutely killed it. So he's been the focal point of that community. He's the main coach over there. Julianne, who is our head coach for the whole gym has also been contributing to that, um, on a pretty significant scale. And then of course we've started to scatter in some of our other good coaches there too. But Lenny has been just building that community, just like getting the ball rolling over there. And we've got our membership now up to where are we at? Uh, I think we're somewhere around like 130. Yeah, 135. Yeah. So now the next big phase is, okay, we've let this exist organically, naturally. We haven't been marketing it a ton. We haven't been pushing it a ton. We just want to get the community used to us. We want people to come in and try us. And now we're about to start into year two. And we're kind of assessing where we want the gym to go, things we can do to kind of stimulate growth over there to get more people to come in and try us and to continue to kind of like take that next step of growth.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that's super important is, you know, you talked about we kind of let it settle for a year. Um, we've gotten a lot of kinks out of the system. You've got, you know, Ocean Beats beach is a little bit different. We At our PB gyms, we have ample space to run. There's, like, space to move. OB is a little bit... Um, it's tucked on the corner of, I don't want to say a busy intersection, but, like, there's just a little bit more going on. There's
1: always foot traffic. There's
0: always foot traffic. Um, and so it's just a little bit harder to... some of the operational stuff of running classes so um, we've had plenty of time to work out a lot of those kinks Um, we've gotten some other faces in terms of coaches over there Um, we've basically like set this groundwork for what we're going to be doing over the next year and that's now that we have that base established everything's running super smoothly we've got the experience locked down now we can start to really grow and push um, push a little bit more towards growth rather than letting it settle, letting the experience uh, develop into what it is and focus on that. Now it's like that next step and that's what we'll be doing over the next year.
1: Yeah, you have to let it take shape. You have to let like the mold settle. If you if you try to force your will on the gym to start, you, you don't know what you have. So you have to see like what the collective vibe of the community is in there. And one thing that Lenny and the OB community have shown is – it is an outstanding vibe in there. Yeah. Like, you walk into there, and those people own that gym. Yep. They are everything that we could possibly want in a Performance 360 community. Yeah. So, it's really validated our, quite frankly, kind of our gut instinct to open there. And now that it's kind of taken form, now we're trying to offer a little bit more to people. Right. So. We, we've talked a lot about how we're very big believers in single service offerings to start. Right. So we have not offered a single other class in there for a year other than our PSC, which is our main program. It's just our main, and conditioning.
0: Yeah, just our main strength and conditioning class. And
1: we have not offered a single other class. And so we've wanted to really, really go all in on that, center the experience, center the community. Uh, year two, we're going to start to offer some other classes in the hopes of getting some people who might be a little intimidated by the fact that they think – you know, like every single gym like right. us has to deal with. Everyone in there is fit. Everyone in there is the strongest. Everyone in there is tied for the strongest person in the world. Right. So, um, yeah, offer some classes that are a little bit more approachable, a little bit less technical, so that people can come in and get a feel for some of the workouts and community without having to feel like they're a total beginner to a movement that they don't know how to do. Right. Um, so that'd be a big one. We have uh, nutrition stuff that has been rolled out, Performance 360, in all the locations. And that's been a a really big success so far. We've gotten a lot of questions about it and we'll be um, offering that to OB as well um, coming up in the next month. So giving people different avenues for their goals and what they want to do in there rather than just like the single experience. And I think that'll be a very important aspect of year two is uh, being a, a bit more broadly appealing within our own niche. Absolutely. If you will. So. Yeah.
0: And kind of like I mentioned, I think that
1: if you do that too
0: early, um, you sacrifice the possibility of like losing that vibe and kind of that core group of members and like what they're all about. So you nailed it exactly. Like you walk in there and, and that vibe is it, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Like we've said before how members can go to any location and we'll have uh, Pacific beach crown point members go into OB and they'll kind of joke about like, it's really OB's jam in there. Yeah. And like, good like right. that is the last thing we wanted was for this to be like an extension of pacific beach people right. coming across and it needed to be ob's it needed to be that communities lenny lives there now lenny is all about ob and it's 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 to the point now where we want it to be which is truly like a local community gym right um run by a local community guy and Um, now it's just time to take that next step and really see what's out there in the community. Yeah.
0: And we'll, let's plan on doing another episode with an update on how kind of some of the stuff that we're working on is going, um, maybe in six months to a year. Yeah. And, uh, we'll just kind of check in with the numbers and where we're at and how everything's going.
1: Yeah. So just to kind of recap it for folks, um, this will I guess this episode will probably be a year exactly when people listen to it. We'll be right at 140 members so um, you know prof, we're, we're profitable um, in order to pay all of our expenses and obviously um, pay our coaches pay the owners. Um, churn is something that we'll look at getting down to we've we got a little higher churn than we would like over there because it's you know it's a new thing that people are trying. Um, our gym churn is four and a half percent but OB is a little higher than that so uh, we'll want to bring that churn down and um, increase the trials too. So that'll be something that kind of those main points that we'll be updating probably in a future episode.
0: Yeah, and one, one thing to kind of talk about there is the conversion percentage over there is insane. Like the majority of people that, the vast majority of people that come in to try the gym convert into members, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, that means that probably our general appeal is not as widespread as it needs to be Um, but at the same time that's great because the people that are coming through the door become members and they love the experience so um, there's kind of like catch 22 with it there Um, so I think as we start pushing out into the community a little bit more we'll be bringing more trials in and that conversion will go down a little bit but um, that's that's fine when you're kind of appealing to more of a broad community. So we'll keep you guys posted. Um, As always, hit us up with any questions, um, things you guys want to learn about, uh, things you want to know about, and we're happy to help. See you next time. If you'd like to learn more about Performance 360 and our systems for increasing membership numbers, revenue, and processes to run a more profitable gym, check out perform-360.com slash growth.